This is Dom Bettinelli, the CEO of SQPN, with a brief but very important message. For more than a decade, SQPN has produced the Catholic faith and pop culture podcasts that you love. We're a nonprofit organization, so it's only your generosity that lets us carry out our mission. We haven't run a fundraiser in two years, and that's why we need to ask for your help right now. Please make a pledge of whatever amount you can afford to help us continue providing your favorite podcasts, as well as exciting new ones we have planned. To make your pledge and find out about the free thank you gifts we'd like to send you, visit sqpn.com slash give. That's sqpn.com slash give. Thank you for your generosity. May we hear from you today? You're listening to The Secrets of Movies and TV Shows. Hi, I'm Dom Bettinelli, and you're listening to The Secrets of the New Fall 2018 TV Shows, where we will discuss our first impressions of some of the new shows uh, on the networks this fall. Uh, we can't discuss them all, of course, but uh, we'll discuss some of the ones that have stood out to us as most interesting new shows. And this is, we're just focusing on new shows. And uh, joining me today on the panel are Joanne Mercier. Hi, Joanne. Hi, Dom. How you doing? Great, great. And Lisa Handy. Hi, Lisa. Hey, Dom. Hi, Joanne. Hi, Lisa. So before we get started, I want to just have a, a quick message for folks. Uh, SQPN is the network that produces secrets of movies and TV shows, as well as a bunch of other shows that you may be interested in. You may have already been watching. Uh, you can find them all at sqpn.com. Earlier this year, the board of SQPN decided that uh, if we want to continue to focus on our mission, which is, as our full name implies, Star Quest Production Network. Uh, we, we are helping people in their quest for the, the, the Bethlehem star uh, to, to Jesus Christ. And we, the way we do that is through looking at pop culture and media and, and other aspects of, uh, of the culture around us and find the, 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 the hidden layers, deeper meanings that can draw us closer to Jesus and, and as well as frankly to be entertained by by it as well the good the good aspects of it and to help people kind of sift through it and and find things that are interesting to them so the board decided earlier this year that if we're going to really focus on our mission we have to do more than what we were doing which was limping along with with one uh podcast and uh but in order to do that we needed to hire a full-time person to take on the duties of producing engineering hosting uh promoting all those things, it's a full-time job. And uh, so they hired me. I was already uh, doing this part-time, but I came on full-time to be the, uh, you know, the CEO of SQPN. We have many volunteers. Uh, we have a volunteer board. We have many volunteers who, as you've heard uh, on this podcast, uh, contribute to the podcast uh, of their own time. But we needed to have a person doing full-time work. So <clears throat> in order to do that... <laughs> I have to feed my family and pay my mortgage, so uh, they they pay me a salary, um, and that is where uh, the giving campaign comes in. SQPN has for many years relied on the generosity of listeners like you, and we have uh, turned to you many times over the years. And but we haven't done that in the last two years. We have not had a giving campaign, and uh, frankly, the cupboard is getting a little bare. Our resources are getting thin. And we need to turn to you again and, and ask uh, if you uh, can go to sqpn.com slash give, click on the uh, become a patron button and become a monthly pledge, uh, pledger to uh, SQPN at whatever amount you can give. And or if you want, there's also a button to make a one time donation. But if you make a pledge, it helps us uh, with our budgeting and planning. Uh, now, this is a, in addition to supporting the podcast, you, there's actually some additional benefits for you as a patron. We're, we're going to have some uh, all patron level uh, uh, benefits where we'll have like special podcasts or special uh, episodes and that sort of thing. But we also have for at different giving levels, we're going to be giving away uh, some thank you gifts that we've selected that are related to uh, some of the shows we do. So there are Doctor Who related uh Thank you gifts. There's Star Trek related thank you gifts, and then there's gifts related to our new, newest show, Jimmy Akin's Mysterious World, which has been a lot of fun. People are loving it. If you haven't listened to it yet, go download 
uh, an episode and give it a listen. Jimmy is amazing. He's a font of knowledge. Uh, and and I, I, I do the show with him. I try to just keep up, uh, but it's, it's a blast. I lo- I'm loving it. And it's a lot of fun, uh, to, to listen to. And so there are some gifts related to that. So if you can, please go to as right away, because we, we need your help right now, frankly, uh, if you can go to sqpn.com slash give to help us keep making these shows so that you'll continue to have this uh, inspirational, formational, and entertaining uh, content that SQPN produces, and for the stuff that we're planning to make in the future. And again, we're, we've got stuff on the back burner that's coming soon, but we can only do that if you can uh, help us now. So uh, sqpn.com slash give. Thank you so much. So <clears throat> we come to our topic today. Uh, thank you for, for uh, your patience, uh, Lisa and Joanne. And uh, we're going to talk about a couple of different shows that that we've all kind of at least seen several episodes of, or all of the episodes of, and uh, we, you know, these are some shows that we might, you know, we might recommend, or maybe we don't recommend, but are interesting to talk about. Um, and one of the the biggest shows so far this new fall TV season is a show called God Friended Me, which I it's CBS and. Uh, so the summary of it is is uh, it, the 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 main character's name is Miles. He's an atheist who whose whose life is turned upside down when God adds him as a friend on Facebook. And this God account on Facebook starts uh, sending him on tasks to to help people to uh, to do various things that are you know to do some good in the world. And he brings some friends along with him. So, um. Joanne, what do you what have you thought about this show uh, so far? The God Friend of Me. What's your your first impression of it? Well, so far, I think it's touched by an angel two point zero for the millennial <laughs> set because <laughs> right. it, it bears a lot of similarities. And I was a huge fan of Touched by an Angel back in the day, so I see a lot of similarities in it. But I like the way it's rolling because you have. Miles, who is now an avowed atheist, um, his father, mm-hmm. who is a minister, which already sets yep. up lots of tension. And then he's right. dragging the, his best friend and somebody new that he's just met. Yes. In, yeah. in Cara. And so it's, it's very, very interesting. They're, CBS has always been very friendly to God-type, faith-type shows. Right. Some of them hit, some of them miss. But I think they're trying again. And I like the premise where God actually friends you. That's that's interesting. Yeah. And you and you have the choice to unfriend him or, <laughs> you know, mute him, poke him, just the, the, that a whole kind of, you know, stuff that Facebook does. So I find it intriguing. It's not overly sappy yet. Thank you. Yeah. Um, but I think it it's it, it looks very, very promising if they stay where you? they are right yeah. now. How about you, Lisa? What do you think of uh, God Friend of Me? I, I love that. Um, first of all, that the format is that he's a podcaster, so that's an awesome <laughs> yes. thing. Yes. Um, and Although, you know, I, that's it's not how podcasting actually works, folks. <laughs> yeah, you didn't get that call from Sirius, Don. Um, no, I love that. There's an acknowledgement that podcasting can be a venue for um, seeking and yes. you know relationships, and so I think that's what we try to do at SQPN, and I think. Um, what what Miles is going through and his personal search um, for understanding, um, you know, impacts his relationships. He's a preacher's kid. I love Joe Morton. Um, yes. And it's interesting to see him in this role where he's good as opposed to so evil as he was in in scandal. Um, <laughs> I it, sometimes it's, it wraps up a little too neatly stick through um, the pilot. I'm not a huge fan of pilot episodes and uh, the pilot. Um, I just kind of like rolled my eyes at the end. Cause it was like, Oh, that was just too quick and easy. But, right. um, but if you stick with it, I think you'll see that there's a lot to love about this program. Yeah. One of the things that it makes it unique. So there've been other shows like, like touch by an angel, but also like uh, there was one like early edition, which is sort of, uh, you know, 20 some odd years ago where it wasn't uh Facebook. It was a newspaper that for, for the younger folks, that's a, like this thing that gets delivered to your house every day with the news on it. And it's printed on paper. <laughs> and it was a guy who got tomorrow's paper today and it helped him go and 
and help people. I mean, there's been a lot of shows like that. A uh, person of interest was kind of kind of like that, where people get this message from uh, someone that sends them to go help people. But this one is, like you said, Joanne, this is seems to be aimed at the millennial set. And one of the things that really uh, kind of defines it is their use of technology. Like, so you see pop up on screen they're like they're like they're smart like the the, the their iphone screen because they're, they're all iphones uh where he uses um i gotta make sure i don't activate anything the the s word siri uh <laughs> make sure it doesn't beep iMessage. you see maps reminders you see all of these different you know the, all of the technology that you use he, he uses facebook um although i have to i have to as a tech technical person myself some of the depiction of how technology and social media works um it leaves a lot to be desired this is not how these things work folks <laughs> you can't you can't trace what was it you can't trace a, the location of a, a photo oh, was yeah, taken the by, yeah, yes. through fa a facebook post you just get that facebook won't let you do that <laughs> so i mean just, but that said i mean we have to give some allowances for 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 things uh, i do like that um it 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 kind of it appeals to the audience you're going for, which is is clearly not just even millennials, but that that group that that is sometimes called nuns, N O N E S, those who don't have any belief. Um, and that's the, that's the main character, Miles. He's clearly he's not just an atheist, but he's clearly very dedicated to it. I mean, he has a podcast about atheism, you know, about being an atheist, uh, and and so he seems dedicated to it. And and that's almost one of my criticisms. Uh, and, and see if you um, uh, follow me on this, which is the characters don't seem to progress from episode to episode. Uh, if, especially Miles always seems to start in the same intellectual location he does uh, at the beginning of every episode, no matter Ooh. what happens. Now, it seems I like disagree. he does. That. Okay, no, so good. So tell me, tell me where I'm off on that. Go ahead, Lisa. <laughs> so um, the that specifically comes up in the second episode when his podcast is acquired by this big network, but the producer of the podcast wants him to take this extremely hard line um, on, you know, being no questions asked, absolutely atheistic. And he's already begun to have this experience with the God account that's caused him I think to begin to ask big questions for himself. And that's what he really wants to talk about on the podcast. And that gets shut down by the producer. And ultimately he discerns maybe this dream that I've always had isn't, you know, what I, what I really was destined right. to have. But that would so. be great. Except then the very next episode, when anything <laughs> comes, when the, when the God account comes up again, he is just as skeptical as he was before. Like, so in the context of that one episode, he progresses. But then at the beginning of the next episode, he is as adamantly opposed to seeing the nose on his face of, of anything <laughs> yeah. supernatural or unusual. He, he, he's so adamant about it. And then he progresses through the episode and then we get to the beginning of the next episode and we're back where we were. And I just I mean, maybe they want to take it slow. Maybe that's the idea. Maybe even through the course of a season or two, because if because if I, I get it, if you move him along too fast you run out of premise, I guess. No, but I also think that's exactly what a faith journey is all about. I mean, having worked with folks who come into the Catholic church, they can go back to step one very, very quickly when something happens in their life or doesn't happen in their life. So mm -hmm. I think with Miles starting out, he's always trying to start out from the intellectual, but the emotional is starting to get to him. And that's right. Know, he, he built up a lot of, I think he built a big wall on himself after his, you know, the tragic occurrence. Are we doing spoilers here? Or? Um, I think we can, I think we need to be careful not to spoil too much because we're trying right. to, we're trying to share for people who might want to watch. So, right. so your instinct so the, is best. Yeah. Right. So what he went through in his, in his childhood, that is coloring him now as he goes forward. Okay. And Dom, so, you may be onto something too, because it has actually been picked up for a season two. That was just announced. Oh, interesting. Yeah. In fact, all of the ones we are we're going to talk about, as far as I can tell, except for, well, well, the ones that have been picked up, um, uh, I'll just say right now, uh, is uh, Manifest. We're going to talk about New Amsterdam, Godfriend of Me, and FBI have all been picked up for full seasons. I think we're going to talk about a million little things. 
that has been picked up for additional episodes, but not yet a full season commitment. Um, so we'll 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 see how. Um, yeah. So <clears throat> yeah, all of these are shows that if you if you invest some time into them now, they're not gonna you're not gonna suddenly have be cut off after episode four, hopefully. Uh, and and one of the things that that's interesting about the show, and we'll move on to the next uh, show we're gonna talk about. But one thing that's interesting about this show is the show's concept of God is very similar to. What you see, like CBS is the most, I'd say the most open to talking about God in their shows, but it's very similar. It's not a liturgical God. Uh, it's not even a God who demands a lot of uh, specific moral uh, activity on our part, but it's sort of God who's a helper, a nudger, who helps people with their problems and wants us to be nice to each other. So <clears throat> it's a very, and there's nothing wrong with that. That, that, is, that describes God at a, at a certain level. Um, but it it doesn't really much go beyond that so far, so far. So that's well. You've also seen that God is displeased with things as well as he was in the second episode where he changed right. his avatar, you know, right. to make sure Miles got that he was displeased with what was going on. Well, well, he's mainly displeased when Miles refuses to help somebody at his urging. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. So far, right. But right. one thing Lisa said before with with how the pilot ended, I think all pilots have to have that sort of definitive ending so they can sell the show. Yeah. So they I have think to... pilot. I I try to go to the second and third episodes before I say, is this going to be a, a you know a neat little ending every week or is this going to continue to grow? Right. But I think that's what happens with pilots. Yeah, I have a what I call the start. Yeah, I have what what I call the Star Trek: The Next Generation rule, which is, uh, I if I think I'm going to be interested in a show, I give it six episodes, no matter how bad the first few are, which described Star Trek: The Next Generation years ago. Um, and what if I can get past six episodes, uh, and I'm liking it, then I will get I will commit to it. But uh, if if I get to six and it's still not good, I'm done. So that's that's my Star Trek: The Next Generation rule. Also, some I've updated to call it the Fringe rule because Fringe was that way with me. Uh, <laughs> I I mistakenly gave up on Fringe after three or four episodes, and then re- and then when people said no no you got to go back, and I went back, and I'm like oh yeah that was a mistake this has gotten good so uh, anyway so let's move on to our next show that we'll talk about which is Manifest which uh, oh boy loved I, it I forgot I forgot to to mark down what networks these are on um, I don't pay attention to it's all Manifest DVR for me is NBC. NBC. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. So Manifest is, uh, so here's the, the quick summary. After turbulent but routine flight, the passengers and crew of this, of this, uh, on this flight discover that uh, the world has aged five years, five and a half years, yet no time has passed for them. And so uh, the, there's a deep mystery unfolding. Uh, and so it, it feels a lot, as I said to, to my wife, Melanie, I said, it feels a lot like lost, you know, mm-hmm. it's, uh, but only after, the, but but really after they get back from being lost on the island, you know that sort of thing. So they've been away and now they're back. Um, although it's are they actually back? <laughs> for exactly, no, I think they <laughs> are actually back. So there's there's a bit of a mystery here. Um, I have to say, it's not as good as Lost at its storytelling. But what is you know? I mean, just I just have to say. I mean, right away, but. It's enjoyable. It's got an interesting mystery. It's unfolding, and it's not just about the mystery. It's it's a very some interesting character uh, development going on. The the plot, uh, the 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 people from the flight as they and the people they left behind as they deal with this unusual event. Um, so, what what have you thought of 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 uh, manifest so far? I'll start with you this time, Lisa. So, uh, yeah, I, Greg and I watched this and I, t- he said the same thing about the acting that he didn't consider the acting as good. And I said, well, if we were to look back at early lost, you know, yeah. were those characters actually as well-defined probably I'd submit not. Yeah. I really like the premise that, um, a family kind of, you know, splits itself in half because you have this mom and dad. And, tw- and the interesting thing to me is that the twins, you know, are Get separated, separated mm-hmm. and one ages and the other remains the same age. Um, and, uh, you know, that, um, choice you, Dom, you could probably see you and Melanie doing that with your Mm. kids, you know, Oh, divide and conquer. And, uh, half the family moves on and the other half is stuck in time. I just think it's an interesting premise and I'm, I'm really interested in watching how this plays out. Yeah. How about you, Joanne? Well, I've got to say, I've done a lot of analysis on this one because immediate, (laughs) immediately in the, in the pilot, 
I was getting hit with biblical references. Oh, yes, so that's very immediately. clear. Immediately. So I carried them yeah. out to like episode one, two and three and four. And whoever is writing this has a good command of really hidden Bible verses. Yep. Like and Romans they, 8, 28. Oh, yes. or, or Lisa. I mean, in, in yeah. the second episode, I found Matthew 28. In the third yeah. episode, I found John 8 and Luke 8. So yep. we're talking, you know, somebody has a good command of this and they're putting them in purposely. Yeah. So, and it's following a thread. I don't know how long they'll be able to keep that up, but right. so, every episode has yeah. something going on behind it. And if you, right. if you're versed in it, you find it. So the, the, the flight is flight 828. It's a Montego air. It was a Jamaican airline. Uh, and the verse from the first episode is Romans 828, which is, uh, and we know that all things work together for good for those who love God. Um, uh, and and these Bible verses, these most of them are are the, like this one is like very clearly the her uh, the the we can almost call her the main character. Or there's a, several main characters, but let's say Michaela's mom. Uh, she quotes it to her daughter. If in the very beginning, it's very obvious, um, and then she uh, needle points it on a pillow. Uh, so this one is very clearly supposed to be like we're supposed to make this connection right up front in the first episode. The the other verses are not quite as obvious as you point out, Joanne. Um, but there's but there's obviously there's obviously someone trying to hint at some religious references in here. Um, but yet it's not clear that this is a that something religious happened. It could be God. It could be aliens. It could be a, a secret three-letter government agency. It could be the Illuminati. We don't know yet. Um, something clearly happened, obviously. Um, and some people are taking it as a, you know, the world, you know, that they that they live in. People say, you know, this plane disappeared for five and a half years. Then it came back and the people didn't age. And this is, some people say it's a miracle. Some say, people say it's apocalyptic. Some say it's a government conspiracy. So it's within the show you're getting this. So it's very interesting. But but the, the, those verses are about as close to, to any religion as we get so far. So far, it's early. So far, yeah, I would say yeah. so. But there are other little things too. See, I, I can analyze the shows to death if I have to, <laughs> and especially if it intrigues me. This one has me intrigued because yeah. I want to see where it's going to go. In this past episode, this past week, um, when Michaela is in the bar with Jared, they are playing "Knocking on Heaven's Door" in the background. Oh, so, right. right, yeah, and, and I heard door, it, yes. as a musician, I heard it immediately, and I'm like, oh, gee, you got to be kidding me. But so so there are things all over the place. And mm -hmm. I think what they're trying, I would think what the writers are doing are trying to get the two different audiences, the audience yes. that's going to follow it as a mystery, but then the audience that's going to follow it as more than a mystery. So I think they're right. purposely, you know, setting their sights on these two audiences to carry the day. And I think so they might succeed. Yeah, it could be. And then you, it, it's just you mentioned that the two the two audiences, the two levels you can enjoy this on, because for me, almost more compelling than the mystery of how did it happen and who's manipulating them, because there's a, some sort of callings or manipulations. So actually, it's very similar to God Friend to me in that way. But there's a there's another aspect, which is the relationships. And so you have like a, a husband and wife who got separated. You have a fiance and her 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 fiance and her best friend who she got separated from uh you have the twins who are now they're twins but 5 years apart in in biological age and parents and children who are say and so it's these people who were separated and then brought back together again after half of them thought it would never happen and then the other half who didn't even know like are still grieving what happened because it's it just fresh and it, the thing that's, that's really the, the momentous aspect of it is nobody did anything wrong in in this. The the people who got who's got, who flew on the plane, they didn't do it. They just flew on a plane. The people who thought they were dead and moved on with their lives, well, they thought there was no expectation that they could they're going to go travel through time or whatever it is they did. Um, but yet they're all facing painful choices as a result of that. And I I really enjoy seeing how that works out in their lives. Uh, Especially for me, because like 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 you all, uh, as you know, being married and uh, you know, to see to think about how does that work? How does you know that the pain and the uh, in the married couple 
as they deal with and we find out i think in the first episode that the wife who got left behind um moved on and started a new relationship and so what does she do about that you know and it's wow i mean that's so so powerful in that yeah it really is it's incredible that they're dealing with all kinds of these different topics but i think it's interesting because if you take it from a christian perspective um and all I could think of when you were saying that, Don, was, you know, when the Son of Man returns, he will pit mother-in-law against, you know, daughter-in-law. <laughs> and, and I'm thinking that whole thing. And that's what it's setting itself up right now, because you can yeah. see what's happened. The other people right. had to move on, but these people are still stuck into five years ago with their emotions and their feelings and and their what their lives were supposed to be at that time. So. It's it's going to be an interesting. I, I'm in for the long haul on this one. This one I would recommend. This is a binge watcher. If you yeah. haven't started it, you know you will get hooked. If not by the story, but by all the other you know geeky biblical things that sort of get sprinkled. <laughs> right. Um, w- one of the things that uh, <laughs> so this again they get these they what do they they call them callings or feelings where they feel like or they they hear voices that that call them to help somebody, which again, like I said, is a God friend in me. Um, at one point, the couple of them are seeing these visions. Um, and if you're a Dr. Who fan, you're, you're going to get creeped out immediately because it's the weeping angels. Oh, no. <laughs> but, but it, of course it's, it's not, it's a, it, but it is a sta- like a statue of an angel uh, that, that has come alive to kind of guide them. But um, it's, it's interesting. Uh, one thing I did not like is in a, in, well, I think the most recent episode, uh, well, I won't, I'll try not to spoil it, but <clears throat> one of the family members who, um, didn't go, th- weren't, wasn't on the flight advises someone who was to, to break up a relationship in order to get back the relationship that they lost. And I'm like, Mm. yeah it's, yeah I, I didn't care for that either yeah i mean in fact they wanted to break up a, a marriage to get to get back this really and i'm like that's not good <laughs> it's not the same thing as the guy as the the couple who were married getting you know staying together because they were already married so it's like uh but we'll we'll see how those choices play out it's a very interesting aspect of it so, um, anything left to say about Manifest? Any last thoughts on Manifest? So we'll move on. Just uh, that the finale better better be better than the finale of Lost. I'm still bitter. <laughs> All right, we're, we're gonna have to. We we have talked about doing a, a, a podcast called Lost Again, where my wife Melanie and I uh, are going to go back and rewatch Lost from the perspective of how many years it's been. I think it's been eight years. Um, and we'll explain the ending uh, when we get to that. So we'll, <laughs> we'll see if we can get to that. Okay, good. I'll hang in for that. <laughs> so uh, the next show I want to talk about is A Million Little Things. But I'm not sure, if, uh, Lisa, you've seen this one. Yes, I have. Yeah, okay. I have not, unfortunately. Okay, so we'll, we'll, uh, I'll, Lisa, I'll get your take on it. So the summary is a group of friends become motivated to live fuller lives after the unexpected death of one of their group. Uh, so... Uh, it's set in Boston, yay! And the Bruins are a uh, a centerpiece, so that's one reason why I like it. Another reason I like it is uh, James Rode, the actor. I just I loved him in Psych, and he's 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 still the the snarky, funny uh, guy in this one too. But uh, Lisa, what's your take on on uh, Million Little Things? Yeah, it's funny when we, when I was in prep for this, Dom, I gave each of these, and Joanne kind of said before, um, you know, uh, touched by an angel 2.0. And for me, this is 13 reasons for men um, <laughs> that definitely um, this immediately took me back to 13 reasons um, why and uh, the whole suicide, you know, um, post suicidal contemplation of friendships. Um, I didn't watch this one with my husband, but I told him after I watched it, we're going to go back and watch this together. Um, Mm -hmm. because I think that I'm really interested in his emotional reaction to it. What's curious to me is, um, the, the model of friendship between men in this and, Mm -hmm. How um, at the center of this is, um, you know, what's been a longstanding friendship and yet it took this very pivotal act of a a suicide um, to make those friends reexamine both their relationship with one another and then their their lives as well. So, yeah, um, there's a lot to uh, say um, is not faithful about this, um, like hookup culture and uh, 
I did not like that that aspect. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, also, you know, the the question of uh, marriage, the sanctity of marriage and all that. So So one of the things, uh, so you brought up a couple of things that I I also observed. One of the things I like is, is actually there is a marital infidelity that's exposed. But one of the things I like about this show is that it has consequences, real consequences that people really deal with. They don't just walk away. They struggle with it. And it causes consequences in the friendships. Um, and and it upends expectations where one of the people, one of the people in the couples where the infidelity took place, um, we we thought, oh, that's a bad person. And that person sort of, well, they, they, they kind of deserve it because they were bad. And then we kind of, I think they kind of reversed that. And they're like, no, 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 there's more to it than you think about this person. Uh, they're not such a bad person, are they? And, you know, they really don't deserve this. And so they kind of upend those expectations a little bit, which I thought was was good. I mean, infidelity, unfortunately, happens. So it's sort of examining that in, in its consequences. And it has consequences. Um, you also mentioned, like, the the, the, the the looking at male relationships. And I'm like, you know what? The, the, I mean, all friendships are different. And, and their friend group of male friends is going to be different from my group of male friends. But there's some similarities. And it's nice to see a, an examination of how guys work, how our friendships work. And there's, you know, there's, there's always the one guy who's the planner who, you know, makes make sure that, you know, we all do a thing together. There's another guy who's the funny guy. There's another, you know, there's always like these different personalities within the group. Um, and what and it sort of looks at what happens when you pull the thread, you know, in w- the person who may, in fact, be the central figure in the friendship. And in this, they cl- he's very clearly the central figure of the friendship and you pull them out. What happens to not just the guys, but the families that have become had relationship with each other because of it. And, and you see how suicide has ripple effects outward and, you know, yeah, in friends. Dom, and- I wanted to say something about that too, yeah. because um, when I, I covered 13 reasons why, when it came out and um, one of the big things that was controversial about that is the suicide trigger that can be present for some people. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was vastly discussed. And um, while um, this is a little less um, kind of immediately gratuitous um, in mm-hmm. its presentation of suicide, um, I, I didn't notice a disclaimer when I watched it online. Um, I did. I don't know if you saw one, but they actually yeah. have suicide prevention information on their website um, for this show. Mm. And um, I'd just say to anybody who has suicidal ideations or family members that do that, this is one of those don't watch this show. Yeah, um, because this can be problematic. So yeah, good, good, good point. Good, very good point. Yeah, we want to make sure. Uh, I th- and I think if I, I think back to that first episode, I I think that they had something, but I don't recall off the top of my head. Um, yeah, be- yes, because it, it it's also ongoing. The they have lots of flashbacks, um, and a, another character in the show also actually has trouble with that same with with suicidal ideation and and even an attempt in the past and. So to be to be careful with that. Yes, that's very clearly um, one of the uh, one of the other aspects of the show is is that there's an, this is also a show with a mystery at its heart uh, that is slowly unfolding over time, because the question is, is why did the guy do it? Because it's very, cl- uh, very unclear. It's not like there was a clear reason. Um, there wasn't a note as far as we know yet. Someone may have hidden. Although it. what's in that blue folder? Exactly. Someone may, someone, one of the characters may have uh, hidden it uh, or taken it from, you know, so others couldn't see it. Um, we don't yet know. So there's a mystery unfolding of why did he do what he did um, and, and and that sort of thing. So that's that's also interesting. Uh, there's also, um, gosh, there's, there's so much in the show. There's characters dealing with cancer uh, and the the result of surviving cancer, the result of getting, you know, having, having it uh, recur. So there's lots going on here. And, and it's, uh, so, so it's an interesting, I I'm enjoying it so far. Um, I, I want it to progress, <laughs> but I'm not sure <laughs> if progressing and answering some questions will ruin the show or not. That's, but that's, you know, like all of the ones we've just talked about, um, we want answers, but we don't want them too quick because we don't want to ruin the show. So, 
as yes. someone who isn't watching the show, is would you liken it to This Is Us light, sort of, or in a different bend? I've heard it compared to This Is Us. I haven't seen This Is Us. Uh, it's sort of on my list of things to go back and watch because people have been so positive about it. Um, but I've heard it compared to This Is Us. Okay. Yeah. And so it sounds like it. Yeah. Yeah. It, especially the flashback and forward, like the seeing things in the past and things in the present uh, and how they affect. Um, I don't know about you. That makes me dizzy sometimes. So. <laughs> Keeping track. Yeah. 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 Um. Okay, so then uh, another show, the a little, um, I don't to call it lighter, but a, a little less character heavy, um, is uh, a new show called FBI, uh, from um, oh, what's his name, uh, Wolf, um, Dick Wolf, Dick Wolf, right? I was gonna say Mark, but that's I'm done. Uh, yeah, Mark Wolf is a uh, judge in Boston, I think, but yeah, Dick Wolf, <laughs> <laughs> um, he brought his Law and Order and and, and SVU and all that sort of stuff, and so uh, no surprise, it's another procedural drama. This time about the inner workings of the New York City uh, FBI office, uh, where the you have a, a special um, team that deals with immediate crisis cases. Uh, that's essentially what it is. Um, it's a police procedural with a little bit of character development. Not, it's not. It's not very heavy. Um, you've both. Have you both seen it? I have. Okay. I'm. I'm calling it. Um, I'm calling it Law and Order for the elliptical. <laughs> because um, you can get a pretty good um, sense. It's it's kind of like standalone episodes. I mean, there is some ongoing, but you can really p pick out one episode. Yeah. Watch it while you're on the elliptical. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and the adrenaline will keep your heart pumping while you're exercising. So. Right. That's a good one. Uh, how about you? What, what's your take on it, Joanne? Oh, yeah. It's definitely Dick Wolf style of, you know, here's the problem. Here are the people who are going to solve it. This is how long it's going to take. And there might be a twist in the middle. That is basically how he's run his franchise. And I, yeah. it, it works for him most of the time. I'm, I don't know. I think it's, it's interesting that he's, he has casted a definite Islamic um, leading man. Yep. So that's going to, I hope it helps more than hurts. I'm not sure. I don't know. I'm a big Law and Order fan, so I, I like yeah. that, but I haven't liked the others. <laughs> I, right. The original Law and Order has always been my favorite. When you when he starts to do it in different places, I'm not sure where he's going. So I'm not sure where he's going yet with FBI. Um, yeah. I'm on the fence. On, I'm on the fence about it. I, I like that it's concise to each episode, but I would like to see more character. I want to know more about the two characters yes. and where they've come from. And yeah, you don't I like, usually get that in his shows. Yeah, I like Maggie. I like OA, the two the two main characters. Uh they're interesting and I want to learn more about them. Um one of the one of the things is that I liked about Law and Order that FBI doesn't do, which is Law and Order took a case over a long term a realistic term. A case mm -hmm. begins and it takes months to solve and it takes even longer to bring it to court. That felt realistic. Most police shows, they solve every crime within two, three days. Which is which is not at all realistic. That's not how crime works. That's not how criminal investigation works. Um, that's what they're doing here. Is the most of these crimes are solved within a day or two. Um, but I think that's the audience attention span at this right. point. When Law and Order came out twenty some odd years ago, we liked that yeah. type of development. Well, now we want the quick fix and move on. Well, in, they would do it in the course of one episode, but they would just say, right. you know, six weeks later. I'd be happy mm -hmm. with the. I think most people would be happy with six weeks later. They're now you know, coming up to the next lead or so, that they've, they're investigating. But that's that's a stylistic choice that they've. Decided I'd love to, to hear. A, I really liked episode. I think it was two, the one where um, Zico Zaki, who's the who plays the Muslim character that um, Joanne referenced. Yes, um, we see more of a. a uh, Muslim driven plot line on that one. And yeah. I would love to hear um, Islamic podcasters talk about that. Cause I know how we feel when we see a show that's kind of Catholic centric and what they get right and what they get wrong. To me, I found, found that very fascinating, especially his perspective through that episode. Yeah. Um, but I don't know how realistic it is. So. Yeah. Uh, that's because it was another show uh, that we actually talked about last time. I think it was on secrets of movies, TV, the, the Jack Ryan show. Which has a one of the central characters is a Muslim convert, um, wh while the the villain is is a Muslim terrorist. 
So yeah, it would be interesting to hear from is from Muslim podcaster or you know reviewer their perspective on it. That be that would be interesting. Um, one of the things that kind of sticks out to me is how many devastating terrorist attacks in New York City have in a short amount of time. <laughs> Because it seems like they get it's getting an awful lot of them uh, every every week. Um, what one of the things that go ahead? I was just going to say, but Dick Wolf, as far as character development, he's into the story. It's yes. the story unfolding is what he likes to focus on. It took how many years before you knew what Jack? I mean, Sam Waterston, um, you know, about his family life or about any of those characters right. and what they were. So you were not going to get that with a typical. Dick Wolf show. I yeah. would like to see him change, but I'm right. not sure I, if it works for him. I think that's what he's going to stick to. I mean, even CSI was like that, where you did not learn much about the backgrounds of these people, except over long spans of time. Um, the other thing that 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 kind of hits at the the plausibility of it is how plausible is that the New York field office of the FBI, which is a very big office, there are hundreds of agents. That the the two would seem like somewhat junior field agents would lead every major investigation. <laughs> it's it's the demands of TV. I get that. So I just it's just my I just have to put a pin in that when I move on. Uh, so moving on, uh, let's go to one uh, one of the ones I most anticipated for the fall season is The Rookie, starring Nathan mm. Fillion. <laughs> so uh, well, okay. well, this is a podcast lady so you gotta say you gotta say that loud so um joanne you see positive lisa you see negative let me let me give the summary and then we'll we'll go on uh uh what your impressions are so the the rookie is apparently inspired by a true story uh it's so in this it's the, john nolan is the oldest rookie in the lapd at an age where most uh, are at the peak of their career nolan has cast aside his comfortable small town life in pennsylvania moved to L.A. to pursue his dream of being a cop, and now surrounded by rookies 20 years as junior, he must navigate the dangerous, humorous, and unpredictable world of a quote-unquote young cop determined to make his second shot at life count. So, um, uh, Lisa, let's go with you, because that'll be more interesting uh, to, to hear the uh, why you don't <laughs> like this so far. I have not implemented the Dom Domenico Bettelini uh, six-episode rule on this. I gave up on it after the first episode, I think, which was the one where the bride was dangling from the Hollywood sign. No, that at was the, the uh, second episode. At the end. Oh, was that the second? second. Okay, yeah. I guess. Oh, actually, you know why? Because um, we were watching this on demand, and episode one wasn't available on, on TV, so I have to go back and watch that. On, okay. on TV, so um, I need to. I mean, I I need to watch it on my computer, but that almost lost me just right there. Um, the the uh, d veil dangling scene from the Hollywood <laughs> sign. Um, I just feel like it's trying too hard, and I I just thought it wasn't funny, it wasn't dramatic, I wasn't sure what it was, and I just really I I don't know. Huh. I I usually like that actor, but in this, I I just didn't care for it. So. Oh, interesting. Joanne, yeah. what did what did you like about it? Uh, okay. Or, or to put it um, another way, why is Lisa wrong? No, I will, ne I will never say that because like music, television is subjective. Yes, exactly. So, um, and I will say I have followed Nathan Fillion's career since he was on One Life to Live as a teenager. Oh, wow. So, so I know so the you're a fan. I, I'm a fan. Definitely a fan. I liked him in Castle. Oh yeah, I was I was praying this would not be Castle redo. Exactly, exactly. It felt like at first you know, that this might be a redo of that. Yeah, I was afraid it might be that. But so uh, it's it's some of the technical aspects that I kind of like. Most of the police dramas we see, we always watch them. This time they're using body cams and and also the dash cams, dash cams. Yeah. So you're seeing things as the police see it. So yeah. in that, all of a sudden, you're you're getting my attention. Because I want to see the story as you see it. Now, Nathan Fillion's always going to be charming and crack a joke somewhere. He's even acting a little bit more serious than than Rick Castle was when he was playing that part. Yeah. But I think it had it's only been two episodes. So I think I want to see a few more. So far I like it. It could go down the bad path. There, it could. There so there were so many little things that could, you know, that that sergeant that doesn't like him could become yep. a stereotype. Uh, his relationships with other rookies could become a stereotype. Right. You know, I'm afraid of that because it almost looks a little like blue bloods in, in, in the relationship aspect. So I don't know, but so far I like it. I'm willing to give it, you know, two thumbs up to keep trying and hopefully it doesn't kill itself. 
So for me, Nathan Fillion is entirely the reason why I watched it. Like if it hadn't been, if it had been just somebody I didn't know, I don't know that I even would have bothered. But I really enjoyed Nathan Fillion. I'm a brown coat. I go back to Firefly. Oh, Firefly. Uh, <laughs> so um, and then my wife and I, Castle was must watch for both of us. There are only we only ever had usually have like one or two shows that we both watch together, no matter what. And this Castle was one of them. And Rookie has, so far has been for us. Um, I find the character I find the character funny, but not clownish. Um, I-, I like the fact that it's a middle-aged guy trying to define himself. That sort of like you know identify a little with 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 just that being a middle-aged guy. Um, How old is he? Like forty? Uh, yeah. Like like early forties. Yeah. That's when did early forties become middle-aged? Oh, That's irritating. I think. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I think uh, for for people of a certain age, uh, 40, 40, you know, lifespan's about eighty. So um, that's very LA. <laughs> the fact that a forty-year-old would be considered middle-aged. Well, not though for in LA, but I think it'd be uh, over the hill, wouldn't it be? Yeah. <laughs> True. Middle-aged would be twenty-five. Exactly. Um, I did like kind of spotting different. Um, Greg and I were watching it, saying, "What street is that?" And have we been there? And it's fun. To, it's it's always fun. Like you like seeing your Bruins. It's fun yes. to see your city on TV. Yes. Well, you see L.A. a lot more than I see Boston. That's for sure. Uh, <laughs> L.A. is in every show. Uh, in fact, I, I, I know the uh, geography of the Los Angeles area and of the New York area as almost as well as I know the Boston area, <laughs> which is where I live. <laughs> so uh, so the, the interesting thing about this is it's not really just about one rookie either. Um, so you have the main character, the the no, John Nolan, uh, but you also have so he's the middle aged guy who's the rookie. That's sort of the gimmick. But you also have the go getter younger woman who's fighting stereotypes and the old boy network. You have the legacy son of a well known cop, and so you have you know these three different experiences of being rookie, all of them struggling. Um, the one of the things I like is that. Nolan's age isn't just it's not just that he has to struggle to overcome his his old habits, his instincts, his one point he's told, you know, that, uh, you know, the the difference between you and real regular rookies is you've got 20 plus years of of instincts to run the other way. Police work is about overcoming the instinct to go the to, to do the right, the normal survival thing and to run into danger, run into places you should run away from. So there's that aspect, but it also his age gives him a wisdom and an experience and an empathy that that uh, younger cops might not have, you know. So he brings something to the table, um, and I I like that. I, they they show that there's a, there's a there's a humanity to Nolan. Um, so I like I, I I so I'm glad that that's an aspect. One of the reasons why I'm sticking with it. Um, couple other things. I did like that he was afraid when he was hanging off the edge of the Hollywood sign. Yes. Well, yes. And the use of the Hollywood sign in a in a show about Los Angeles. I mean, that's I mean, that is kind of cliche. I mean, that's the, the fact. <laughs> uh, one thing I did like is he lives in this amazing, you know, beachside house like this house would be millions of dollars. It, and uh, and when I first saw it, I'm like, oh, come on. Are we doing that? Is this the friend's apartment, you know, like the, that no one could ever afford in their situation? And then he explains he's living in a guest house of his. It's sort of Magnum P.I. He's living in the guest house of a friend who's never there. Uh, so uh, so that, that that at least explains that, uh, that why he's not living in a little rundown one bedroom apartment. But I do like the humanity, you know, the wisdom part, because even the, and, and he keeps running towards towards the danger. So his yes. wisdom is not telling him to run away. His wisdom is keeping him running towards because he's afraid of heights. Right. And he's up on that sign and he's like, uh, OK, I'm going to do this anyway. So <laughs> he knows what you know, he's able to make the good choices. But I can understand how the other police officers feel because they had to go through the exact same thing. So the, the, the sub story is those three officers that are their partners that are yep. trying to train them and that sergeant the captain is the one who seems to have the wisdom to see that someone like john nolan is going to be an asset if he can make it through his rookie year right right and that's that that's really what i, I find interesting and and hopeful that it continues uh, also uh, one of the other parts of it is is the what the the female rookie uh played by melissa o'neill uh the character's lucy chen She's also a former Starship captain from a sci-fi show. She was the 
uh, in Dark Matter. That was the sci-fi uh, uh, series that was just canceled. So we have two Starship captains on the show. Right? <laughs> Mel Reynolds and, and Dom would know that. And I would yeah. know that because I'm a nerd. So, uh, so those are the shows I I uh, I've seen. You guys uh, mentioned that you had seen um, uh, New Amsterdam and Murphy Brown. Do you want to take one of those, uh, uh, Lisa? I'll say, you- yeah, I've seen both of them. I don't know, Joanne. Have you seen those? Murphy Brown and New I Amsterdam. Have seen, yeah, I've I've seen episode one of both. Yeah. So I can at least so- give you an initial impression. So to talk about, um, first of all, Murphy Brown, because everybody is going to be familiar with that. I did not actually not watch the original Murphy Brown. And after having seen, I know you're, you're shocked by that. <laughs> no, I, I'm being, I think oh, I, no, that just tells me I how think much I was older maybe I am. having like kids at that age or something. I don't know. I don't even know when that was, but, um, I, if this were all I had ever seen of Murphy Brown were two or three episodes that I had to really, really like fight to actually watch that much of it i would say eh, i'm not it feels like they're trying too hard and like whoever's doing the writing it's just it's 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 really almost painful i mean po- politics aside because it's it's very agenda driven um and i don't know if the original was that way but i felt like that the writing in this was pretty bad and um and uh i don't know so joanne what do you think the original did have uh, did have political connections. There was the famous Dan Quayle, Murphy Brown uh, spat where Dan Quayle criticized Murphy Brown for having a child out of wedlock uh, back during the uh, the Bush, the first Bush administration. Oh. So but uh, go, go ahead. Jo- what is it, Joanne? What is it, What was your impression? Yeah, this is a ni- this is a, a 90s show and something my husband and I used to watch all the time. And, and it was smart and funny at the time. But yeah. towards the end of the run, it was getting a little long in the tooth. But I looked forward to having Murphy come back, especially now with the political climate. The first show was nice and nostalgic, especially yeah. seeing her son all grown up. But I have a feeling it's going to go right downhill because I'm not sure they know <laughs> what to I don't. I'm not sure two things. One, that the audience today would appreciate how smart it was, you know, and how smart it could be as a political commentary, sort of Greek chorus type thing. Um, and two, I, I think you're right. The, the writing's not living up to it. It's not living okay. up to what these characters have been known to do. Okay. So yeah, I, I, sure. I really, I really point to the writing on this as the fault to me, because I think those actors, you know, are, are test, especially Candace Bergen, you know, tested actor. Um, uh, and it feels like they go for the easy, the easy laugh, um, especially I don't know what the blonde lady's name is, but um, the blonde <laughs> kind of sidekick lady, yeah. like, just all the, I mean, Sherwood. the, the multiple hot flash jokes were just way too much for me. <laughs> um, I will say that episode one features a cameo by Hillary Clinton, which I was yeah, not expecting. Was, and that, uh, <laughs> that that was I thought she did a nice job with it. So um, I don't know. But. Uh, I won't be tuning in for much more of it. Okay, so that one sounds like a like a maybe a miss for some. I've got them on my TiVo, so I'm definitely going to go back and watch okay. them. So, and then the other the other show is uh, New Amsterdam, uh, which is a, a a medical drama. Um, I know the uh, the the lead character, the lead actor in that one. He came over from the Blacklist, where he played Tom. Which Blacklist was a show I watched for many years. I kind of give up after. Uh, like four or five seasons, just because it gotten to a point where I was done with it. But but it was getting a little long in the teeth, shall we say, for me. Uh, some people may still enjoy it, but uh, so but uh, tell me about New Amsterdam. What's what's it about, uh, Lisa? If you can, I'll let Joanne take the lead oh, on this one, and I'll Joanne. chime in. Well, he apparently is a a new administrator in a hospital and he plans on doing things differently than just make money. My, my biggest issue right now, the first episode is the only one I watched, but for the first 10 minutes, I kept thinking that he was going to grab a phone and call red because he's so identifiable with blacklist. He hasn't (laughs) had enough time. I don't think he's had enough time to separate himself from that Tom Keen role. It was, it was a very, he had a very powerful role in that show. So, so, but by the end of the episode, I was saying, okay, this can go somewhere. I I think he can do something with it. It's sort of a, I stopped watching the resident 
because it got too dark and black about the insides of a hot working of a, of a hospital. This one looks like it'll be a lot better, you know, that they're more looking at the good side and not always focusing on the bad underbelly. So I have a lot of hopes for it. Again, it's in my TiVo, so hopefully I can I can catch up with it. But my first impression was I would use your rule, Dom, and, and go the six and see what happens. Okay. This um, show, it's based on an actual book that was written by a doctor who worked at Bellevue Hospital, um, mm. which is kind of like a humongous um hospital in new york and um i always watch medical shows with greg who my husband is the chair of emergency medicine at ucla so um but he's worked you know and his entire career has been in the emergency department and and now as an administrator i was watching with him just to see like what's his reaction going to be to this because a lot of times he'll turn off medical shows and he definitely i think enjoyed this there was one particular scene where he said pause that and uh joanne you might remember this where the two characters that are sort of having a little bit of a dalliance are walking down the hallway and discussing a case but they're very leisurely while they're discussing their romance at the same time (laughs) and greg said um greg said just fyi that if that patient were really having that situation they wouldn't be strolling along they'd be running to the (laughs) (laughs) OR. so you know so you have a little bit of that but um but it's interesting um, that he, from a medical perspective, hung with most of it. And I, I did say to him, is there stuff like that going on really in the in the ER? Like, do I need to be worried that <laughs> when you go up to work? And he said, uh, I stay out of that kind of stuff. <laughs> so, <laughs> there are relationships in this. Um, and then at the end of the first episode, you have the issue with the fact that the doctor actually becomes patient. And so it'll be interesting as the story goes on to see that play out because in my experience doctors don't make great patients so (laughs) well lisa off off podcast i'm gonna have to get your take his i would love to have greg's take on the resident because i gave it up because i couldn't take it after a while so i'd love to hear what he says about that one Yeah, I, I bet he was fun watching ER with Greg. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he used to say, well, yeah, he used to point out all the little, they shouldn't have done that. And this is wrong. And it's like they me just with, put a pediatric <laughs> oxygen mask on that old man. <laughs> it's like me with anything having to do with computers on TV. Yeah, yeah exactly. That, uh, no, don't 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 watch with me, uh, except for Mr. Robot. But we'll be watching this one. Yes. OK, good, good. Maybe I'll uh, I'll try to pick that up. Um, so. Uh, I think that covers all the shows we had. Of course, there are many more uh, new shows that are out there that, that we just didn't have time to cover. Um, and there's more shows coming uh, through because nowadays shows don't all start in the fall. Like they used to when I was a kid, they, we have streaming shows and we have uh, shows that start in, in uh, you know, after the world series, there's a few coming that I've been looking forward to this, some coming in January. So that sort of thing. So, but we kind of just picked this for a little bit of nostalgia to say, hey, you know, this is when a lot of new shows are coming out. And this is a handful that we thought were interesting. So that all said, I w- what did uh, to the listeners? Uh, what do you think of these shows if you've watched them or uh, are there shows that you're watching that we didn't mention that you would recommend and you have something to say about? Uh, we, we'd love to hear about it. So if you go to sqpn.com slash secrets. Or to the StarQuest Facebook page. Just look for SQPN on Facebook. Uh, leave us feedback on this episode there. Uh, or send us an email to secrets at sqpn.com. Uh, let us know. We're, we're, we'd love to find out. We have, um, we're going to be discussing, of course, some current shows coming up on uh, the secrets of movies and TV shows that, that, are, that are ongoing. Some maybe that have ended. Uh, I, I, I'm still working on which ones. But I think we're going to be doing... Uh, a show on uh, SEAL Team, which has uh, been a lot of fun watching that. It's in its second season, um, and uh, you know maybe uh, Mr. Robot, which is a uh, its last season is coming up, which is really um, fascinating, both psychological story, uh, but also uh, computer related, and uh, maybe the most accurate computer related show on TV. Uh, everything they do with computers is completely uh, accurate and plausible, which is amazing. Because uh, you never see that. So anyway, all that said, so stick around. Be sure that you're subscribed to the podcast so that you get all of these future episodes. And we also talk about movies and that we get some coming up on that. Uh, so subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, tune in. Uh, you can, we also post it to YouTube. Uh, 
uh, we uh, post the the audio as an audio video on YouTube. Uh, remember to uh, give leave a comment, to write a review, to like, to share, to click the bell on YouTube to get notifications. All those things so that <clears throat> that all helps us get the word out about the show. Uh, you know, we don't have a big budget for advertising, uh, which is. In other words, we have none. So so the way we get uh, more listeners, the way the show grows, the way we reach more people is because you recommend it, you write reviews, uh, you you write comments and that sort of thing, and it helps us get the word out. So that said, um, just w- one last time, if you can go to sqpn.com slash give, and uh, to if you can help us out, continue our work uh, creating these many shows that we do and the many more we're planning on doing, sqpn.com slash give. Until next time on The Secrets of Movies and TV Shows, Lisa Hendy, thank you for joining me and sharing these new fall TV shows. Thanks, Tom. And thank you, honestly, for all you do for SQPN. <laughs> I want to second the uh, the importance of supporting the giving campaign. SQPN has been a part of my life for over a decade now, and I, I can't wait to continue to watch and see how things grow. And I'm just grateful to you for all you do. No, oh, thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, Joanne, thank you as well. Thank you. And thank you, Dom, as well. Um, Again, like Lisa, I've been a fan of SQPN for years. So this has been really great. And you're doing a great job. So thanks a lot. Thank you so much. Uh, Once again, I'm Dom Bettinelli. Thank you for listening to The Secrets of Movies and TV Shows on StarQuest. This is Dom Bettinelli again. We hope you've enjoyed this podcast and that you'll help us keep producing the podcasts you love. Thank you for your generosity. To make your pledge and find out about the free thank you gifts we'd like to send you, visit sqpn.com give. That's sqpn.com give.